Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, so welcome to part three of my series on the day of Pentecost, the the Feast of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the people. Um, In episode 86, uh, which you can get at everydayconversion.com forward slash 086, we talked about the Holy Ghost and the gift of tongues. In episode 87, which is at everydayconversion.com forward slash 087, we talk about how Peter teaches by the Spirit. And today, we're going to finish up this, um, this series by talking about how thousands were converted to the gospel based on um, the previous two episodes. What we talked about in the previous two episodes, you know, the fact that the Holy Ghost was poured out and uh, t- Peter and the other apostles, I'm sure, teaching by the Spirit. And I'm still getting over getting sick, and I'm actually getting a tickle right now, so I'm going to take a drink real quick. Okay. Hopefully that allows me to get through this without completely losing my voice or having a coughing fit like I did earlier uh, in an earlier episode. So yesterday we talked about how Peter powerfully taught and invited people by the Spirit. You know, we talked about how he used Scripture. We talked about how he... Uh, how he bore test or used scripture, he expounded scripture. Uh, we talked about how he bore testimony, how he shared his personal experiences, how he invited the Spirit into his teaching, and then how he gave invitations. So he did all those things. And then we have verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, which says, Now when they heard this, meaning Peter's teaching, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So when it says they were pricked in their hearts, really what it's coming down to is they felt the Spirit. You know, going back again, and I'm going to have to write this down because I didn't make a note to put this in the show notes for today's, which, by the way, is at everydayconversion.com forward slash 088. Um, DNC 50. So they felt the Spirit, which is... Understandable, if you remember in section 50 verse, uh, section fifty of Doctrine and Covenants, which I've quoted, I think, in all three sections now. It says, uh, He that is ordained by me and sent forth to preach the word of truth by the Comforter. So, I mean, that's like the definition of Peter. He was ordained by the Savior. And he was sent forth to preach the gospel. He said, Doth he preach it by the Spirit of truth or some other way? If it be by some other way, it is not of God. Well, he, he preached it by the Spirit. We discussed that yesterday. And it says, 
Uh, he that receiveth the word of truth, doth he receive it by the spirit of truth or some other way? If it be some other way, it is not of God. So the people were taught by the spirit. You know, Peter taught by the spirit and they received it by the spirit. They felt the testimony from the spirit, which of course we learn in, in John you know, the Savior says that's its job is to teach the whole or to teach truth, to testify of truth. And the Spirit, when it testifies, when it teaches, when it when people feel the Spirit, it prompts people to action. It prompts them to change. It prompts them to repent, to to you know, uh, to have you know to um, experience repentance, to go through the repentance process. You know, if you think about it, every time the Spirit testifies of truth, it's encouraging us to do something with that truth. And, you know, we're taught in, in various places that if we don't act upon the testimony we receive, we lose it. You know, the, the Spirit quits testifying. Um, you know, it, it's, its purpose, its goal is to get us to do something, to draw nearer to the Savior. And you only draw nearer to the Savior by action, by doing something, whether that's um, sharing that testimony, whether that's changing something about our lives, either stopping doing something that we're doing, which is repentance, or beginning to do something, which we're not doing, which is change, and in, in a sense, uh, repentance as well. Whatever it is, the Spirit prompts action. And this is evidenced by the fact in verse 37, like it says, they were pricked in their hearts and they said to Peter, what shall we do? What do we do? You know, we feel this, what should we do? You know, we, we read about that uh, in different places in, in Scripture and in the Book of Mormon where people are prompted. You know, they feel the Spirit. They, they, they are taught. Somebody teaches them by the Spirit, and they say, what do I do now? You know, how can I have this? You know, King Lamoni's father, you know, what, what do I do? You know, what, what shall I do that, I, you know, I'll give away all my sins to know thee? You know, um, now I'm going to have to find that, that reference as well. Nope, almost lost my pen. Um King Lamoni's father. Okay. Might have been King Lamoni. I can't remember now. Um, oh, I'm getting a tickle in my throat. That's what happens when you record that three-part episode in one night. Okay. So Peter's job uh, during the day of Pentecost and all the apostles' jobs, and quite frankly, all of our jobs, your, you and I's jobs as members of the church, is his his job was to show them the path, to show them what to do. You know, once they felt the Spirit, once they were pricked in their heart and they wanted to change, they wanted to repent, they wanted to take action, his job was to show them the path, to teach them what to do next. I think it's important to point out, Peter didn't pressure them. He didn't force them. He didn't ambush them or trick them. He didn't. Uh, he didn't do any of those things. You know, he didn't... Um, invite them over for a family home evening and then spring something on them. Um, not that we shouldn't invite people over for a family home evening. We certainly should. But really what he did, what Peter did in Acts chapter 2, was he facilitated a spiritual experience. He created an environment where the Spirit could speak to the people's spirits, where they could feel the testimony of the Spirit. And he did that by all the things we talked about yesterday. He pours testimony. He expounded scripture. He explained what the scriptures were. Oh, man. I hope I can make through this whole episode. 
I'm getting more of a tickle in my throat all the time. You know, he he helped them to fill the spirit. That's what he did. He created an environment where the spirit could be felt. By first having the spirit himself, by teaching by the spirit, by inviting the spirit, by expounding scripture, by sharing scriptures, by quoting scriptures, by sharing his own experience, by testifying, by sharing his testimony. And it's also important to realize that if we remember, if we go back, there were some who were skeptical. You know, there were those that said, these guys are drunk. They, you know, what, what did I say? You know, they, they've been hitting the sauce. You know, they've been, they've been sneaking grandpa's cough syrup, you know, whatever they said. Uh, they were drinking new wine. You know, they're full of new wine, which obviously, apparently, I guess I don't understand this, but apparently uh, is worse than old wine. I don't know. Maybe it's it's just not as potent. I don't know. And so there were those who were skeptical. It's important for us to realize that they were probably still skeptical. You know, some of them were still skeptical because as we talked about in episode 87, the spirit doesn't force itself. We have to invite it in, you know. It doesn't matter how powerful the experience was. There are always going to be some people that aren't going to accept it. And that's okay. Peter didn't waste time with him. And it's not that they're not worth the time or the effort. That's not what I'm saying. But he didn't try to force them to do something they didn't want to do. You know, he didn't try to, um, to, to, to continue to pressure them into joining the church. He focused on the people that were pricked in their heart. He focused on those that had felt the Spirit, that had received that testimony. And once he focused on those people, what did he talk about? You know, he talked about the first principles and ordinances of the gospel. You know, he didn't try to uh, he didn't try to to get them to do something they didn't want to do. And once they knew that they wanted to do it, sorry if you can't hear me, I'm, I'm trying to pull up a scripture. Pull up a scripture. I'm trying to flip through my scriptures and find what I'm looking for. Found it. He didn't talk to them about deep doctrine. He didn't talk to them about. Um, even, you know, temples and eternal families and, and all that stuff. He talked about the very simple things, the first principles and ordinances of the gospel. You know, when they said, you know, what shall we do? He didn't say, well, you need to be married in the temple and you need to uh, fulfill your ministering assignments and you need to serve people. And what he said was, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost first principles and ordinances of the gospel that's what he talked about that is all he talked about at that point and it made me think of Paul's comment in 1 Corinthians where he says uh, I have fed you with milk and not with meat for hitherto ye were not able to bear it he taught the things that were important for them to know at that time and nothing else and that was the first principles and ordinance of the gospel. And then, you know, I found this interesting as I was reading this. I noticed an interesting correlation. Um, it says here, um, let's see, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Thousands were converted. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 
And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. All right, so I don't know if that brought to mind for you what it did for me, but let me let me set the scene here why this brought to mind. Um, I was baptized when I was 18. And uh, when I was 18 and I was baptized, President Gordon B. Hinckley was the prophet. Um, and just a few years before I joined the church, President Hinckley gave a talk in April of 1999, a general conference called Find the Lambs, Feed the Sheep. And in it, I, I think he'd said this before, so I don't think it's the first time he said it, but this is the one that I remember because when I went on my mission, our mission president, when we came to the mission, gave us a few talks that he wanted us to read. And one of them was this talk. And in it, President Hinckley says, I have said before, and I repeat it, that every new convert needs three things. Do you remember what they were? He says they need a friend, an assignment, and being they must be nourished by the good word of God. And as I was reading this section, I realized, oh my goodness, all three of these are present with these new members. You know, it says they need a friend in the church to whom they can constantly turn. This is what President Hinckley said. A friend in the church whom they can constantly turn, who will walk beside them, answer their questions, and understand their problems. You know, it says um, in Acts chapter 2, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. Uh, it says they had all things in common, and uh, they continue uh, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. You know they broke bread from house to house. You know so they were together. They had friends. They had fellowship. It says uh, President Hinckley says they need an assignment. He said activity is the genius of this church. It's the process by which we grow. Faith and love for the Lord are like muscles of my arm. If I use them, they grow stronger. If I put them in a sling, they become weaker. Every convert deserves a responsibility. Uh, and then he kind of, this is President Hinckley's kind of humor. He says, uh, the bishop may feel they're not qualified. Take a chance on him. Think of the risk the Lord took when he called you. But, you know, it doesn't say specifically they had responsibilities, but it says they continued with one accord in the temple. I mean, there's responsibilities in the temple. There's things we're asked to do. It says breaking bread from house to house. You know, they went from house to house. I mean, that sounds kind of like home teaching and ministering. Um, so certainly, I'm sure there was responsibilities that they were given. You know, they, they had all things in common. You know, they, they practiced, um, you know, the law of consecration. Certainly, because of that, there was responsibilities they had within the community. And finally, the third one, it says that they, were, they need to be nourished by the good word of God. Uh, President Hinckley says it's imperative that he or she become affiliated with a priesthood quorum or with Relief Society, young women's, young men's, the Sunday school. He or she must be encouraged to come to sacrament meeting, to partake of the sacrament, to renew the covenants made. And then he goes on and tells some stories. But, you know, it says, you know, reading again what we read earlier, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 
That sounds a lot like going to church. <laughs> sounds a lot like being nourished by the good word of God. And I'm sure breaking bread from house to house included teaching and lessons and learning from them. And so all three of these, you know, a friend, an assignment, and nourishment by the good word of God were evident. And it says, you know, that they um, continued steadfastly. You know, they, they remained strong in the gospel. So with that, you know, my questions for today are, number one, what can we learn about being successful member missionaries from Peter's example? And number two, what do we learn about lasting conversion from the experience of those baptized on Pentecost? And remember, this is, this is part three of a three-part series on Pentecost. You know, today we talked about thousands being converted. Uh, yesterday we talked about how Peter taught by the Spirit. And in episode 86, we talked about how uh, the Holy Ghost descended upon um, Pentecost, the, the Feast of the Pentecost, and the gift of tongues was given. You get the link to all, all the other two episodes of this three-part series at, in today's episode at everydayconversion.com forward slash 088. And we'll probably have some extra episodes because there's a lot more that I want to talk about from this week's stuff. So we may have some bonus episodes this week um, in addition to the normal episodes. But make sure if you have not yet, go back and listen to part one and part two of this episode on Pentecost. Uh, We dig into those two aspects and uh, they really all three tie in together. But before we go, just once again, the three, the two questions for today. Number one, what can we learn about being successful member missionaries from Peter's example? And number two, what do we learn about lasting conversion from the experience of those baptized on Pentecost? All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org. 